Hello and welcome to the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Keith of Ghost Cult Mag. What's up? And today, what are we talking about, Keith? We're going to talk about crowdfunding in the age of coronavirus. Ooh, okay. So talk to me. What does this mean? What has this looked like? Well, you know, we're seeing a lot of stuff. Obviously, you know, the... the uh, the word beside coronavirus and COVID-19, the third word of 2020 is unprecedented, right? It's the only app descriptor for this entire situation of the pandemic and self-isolation, the collapse of the touring industry and all industries, really. Um, you're seeing a lot of bands who are being, you know, as innovative as they can be. Some can't, which we can talk about another time, but the ones who can are trying under the circumstances to put on a lot of live stream events, put on a lot of charity events, raise a lot of money for frontline healthcare workers, which I love, you love, awesome, uh, appreciate it. Some bands are doing this to help themselves because again, the loss of income, revenue, potential future revenue, everything is under a black cloud. So you're seeing a lot of bands do this and you and I have talked many times in the past on the podcast about crowdfunding is wildly misunderstood is done potentially wrong by a lot of people. And we can talk about who and whom and that and who's all who's who've done We're it wrong. Name names. Get ready. Cause, cause we have a name. Uh, already oh, to I'm going to name names. Motherfucker. Uh, ha- here's a hint. Saunas. <laughs> yeah, for real. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, that's a good hint too. Uh, we should have a secret word every podcast, and today's secret word is saunas. The word of the day is saunas. Right. We definitely need like the word of the day, like a Pee Wee Herman word of the day. But um, yeah, uh, some bands are doing this to great effect, and uh, in particular, I'm really proud today to be a Devin Townsend fan. I have been a Devin Townsend fan since back in the Steve Vai days when he was like 15, 16, and he sang on uh, Sex and Violence and Passion and Warfare, these uh, essential Steve Vai albums 30 plus years ago. And uh, and Dev was just a teen at the time in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, and actually, he was ch- he got on Vai's radar because he was a virtuosic guitar player. And then Steve liked his singing so much that he just kind of put him in his band. And that's how Devin got his start in music and then Strapping Young Lad and then Devin Townsend Project and now Devin Townsend, the solo artist. Um, And so Devin, uh, also for those who don't know, resisted doing crowdfunding to do Empath, his latest album, which is out on Inside Out Music right now. And uh, he actually put up... I believe the actual number is north of $200,000 of his own money into the recording budget to pay for guests, to book studio time, to make sure the album fulfilled his, you know, his desires to you know, see his compositions come to life. So Devin is a person who has put his own personal money, his children and family's future on the line to make his records. Even though you think of Devin as a big, big star, he's headlined Bloodstock Open Air, and uh, a lot of people think of him as a humongous star, but he really isn't. He's still somewhat of an underground artist in a lot of ways. Despite Did he come out and say he makes like $70,000 a year or something? I believe that's true. So he makes, he, he makes like 70K a year, Canadian. I don't know, I assume Canadian, right? So that's less than a USD or yeah. about the same. It's a and lot he less. Put up, he put up so his it's like own, 50K US. 
Right. And he basically he's been very transparent about all this stuff. And he said that, you know, if this record doesn't do well between album sales, merch bundles, touring, I'm finished. I can't continue as an artist. I don't know what I'm going to do. He doesn't really produce albums anymore. That was a phase for him where he was learning how to be a producer for himself. So he produced a bunch of bands and he was very in demand at a time. Lamb of God, Soil Work, a lot of bands worked with him. Um, but the reality is that he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to work for someone else. He wants to, you know, be his own kind of artist. And, um, you know, he did launch a, I believe he launched a, a sort of a Patreon or a sort of some kind of crowdfunding for himself at a very small level. He's got a new podcast. He's doing like quarantine sessions where he's writing whole new albums, basically worth of music at this time, which is incredible. He's giving away a lot of value, which is the essence of crowdfunding. People don't understand that, you know, I, I know there's a lot of confusion about what crowdfunding is and what it isn't. Uh, and the reason that we're singling out Devin right now, and this is a good topic for today, is Devin has put on a series of charity live stream concerts the last two weekends, and he's raised like $115,000 between the two concerts. The money is all going to charity, not a cent for himself, and it's all going to charities benefiting frontline healthcare workers fighting coronavirus. This is incredible. Um, and uh, you and I were in a thread earlier with uh, our partner there, Curtis Dewar, who was like, I can't believe he could raise that much money. He's kind of an under, you know, Curtis is Canadian. You know, Debbie has won a Juno Award, but he's still kind of not a celebrity person. He's not a celebrity artist musically. You know, he's not as famous as Nickelback is in Canada, right? They're not on the same level. So, you know, it's just astounding that, A, he could put this kind of money together in my kind of feeling on this is that Debbie has a hardcore fan base that absolutely loves him. And, who, you know, he's spent a long time nurturing this fan base. And he has spent this entire Corona quarantine giving away a lot of content for free. So the essence of crowdfunding is when you give away a lot of value, you give something in return for what you ask. And when you finally do ask, people are motivated to help you. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, there's a few things to take away here. First of all, I think it's really cool that he did it for, um, you know, he, he did it for charity. I think that's important. I think, cause I know a lot of like lower level professional musicians, you know, who rely on their music to live, who have, who have been raising money for charity too, which I think is awesome, you know? Um, like who don't have the stream of shirt sales or whatever, keeping them afloat. So I think that's kind of cool. Furthermore, um, there's a couple things to note right now that are important that I think people are kind of willfully ignoring. First and foremost, the water is, you know, there's a lot of people trying to dip into crowdfunding. I think in the first like week of quarantine or something, there was 30,000 new Patreon accounts. Think about that. Patreon was already like a tricky way to make money that you like really had to have your shit together for, but, but it did work if you had your shit together. And now it's like, oh, well now you actually need 
third, you know, you're one of uh, the pool has just gotten that much bigger and it's that much harder to make a name for yourself in it. And I think that's really important to realize, right? Which is part of why your Patreon isn't getting you anywhere. Second, and this is the Devin Townsend thing, is he puts out a lot of shit for free. You probably don't. You know, like Devin Townsend, it's like Kiss almost, where like every aspect is exhaustively documented and there's like layers within layers and things you, you know, you can be just a Ziltoid fan and still have stuff to entertain you for like a year. Right, Keith? Totally. And I think that's important is that there's a lot to sink your teeth into. And I think if you're not giving people a lot to sink their teeth into, why should they give you money instead? Because essentially with Patreon, you're guaranteeing that you're going to be providing months and uh, entertainment consistently. And that's really the huge problem with it as I see it, right? Is like most bands are not used to creating dig- entertaining digital content consistently. You know, if you are great, but if you aren't, what the fuck? This ties into who we wanted to, who we were mad at for lack of a better term. <laughs> Our friend Yari from oh. Winter Sun. Now, full disclosure, from what I understand from people who've toured with him, um, you know, like, like I just want to talk about how that we're aware of this. Like, Yari does apparently have some form of Asperger's or something. So, like, be aware we're not just trying to make fun of someone who is different from us. Like, like I just want to head that off. Well said. You know, like... And I don't want to, like, claim to have a diagnosis on him or whatever, but, like, the dude is definitely, um, you know, um, I don't want to say not not normal, but, uh, you know, there's, from what I understand, there's some sort of mental condition going on, which is fine. He still creates amazing music, but just wanted to head that off. That being said, Keith, you are the, so first of all, Keith, did I handle that Okay. (laughs) No, yeah, listen, I love Winter Sun. I love Yari. Yeah. I was a fan of his when he was in, in Ensephirum. Yeah. So give us, uh, give us the backstory. I have loved Winter Sun. And so this time one is one of the greatest albums ever. It's not even up for debate. Like, he's yeah. an incredible artist, right? And so not the problem is not Yari personally. I think that the issue is the backstory. And, and then I want to get into a third level of this later where we can – you know, give everybody a one to grow on as they walk away from this podcast and these two scenarios of what Devin did right and what Yari doesn't quite get right about crowdfunding uh, and why fans have a reason to be hesitant and mad. So Yari, uh, you know, put out Time One, humongous worldwide acclaim, critical smash, lots of sales, uh, sold out. And, and, and just so that everyone knows, he's playing symphonic folk metal. Essentially, is what I would call Which it. Which is not for everybody. But that being said, these these records are so bombastic and powerful and over the top. Like it's like if Rhapsody slash Rhapsody of Fire slash Luca Turilli's Rhapsody <laughs> <laughs> slash Fabio Leone's Rhapsody was um. Uh, was it's like it's like it was a was a folk metal band like it's really 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 like 
it, it's it's more than just like a folk metal album. It's like the only the only thing I can like compare it to is like Arian, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Arjun Lucasen, right? Something yeah. like on that scope. Like he's that gifted a guy. So yeah. there's nobody questioning his brilliance, his talent, his passion for music. So they put out a record, and then there was a lot of pressure on him to come follow it up. And, it's and the concept. record was in 2004, correct? That is, it's way back. Yeah, it might have been a little later. Um, I can look that up if you want to. But, but it doesn't matter. So he puts out a record. He tours a little bit. Uh, you know, um, he's from Finland. And um, there was a lot of pressure on him to put a record out. So this was sort of the first wave or second wave of original crowdfunding. And again, crowdfunding and crowdsourcing as a larger entity, there are two things at play here. There is the, I'm crowdfund, you know, there's crowdfunding for an emergency, like GoFundMe. There's crowdfunding for an artistic project. Like if you buy my pre-orders and you support me now, I will give you stuff later, like Indiegogo and Kickstarter. That's, That's what, what a lot of Kickstarters to. are. I mean, there uh, are Kickstarters that are more than that. Yes, but. and they should be. Patreon is supposed to be more than just a pre-order. It is a ongoing community that you foster and nourish with free content for small bits of monthly money. And incrementally, if you take more money, you have levels. And if you have more money, you give them a deeper experience, more value, more merch, more of you. The person who does this the best in the entire world is Amanda Palmer. If you dislike her, that's fine, but she's a brilliant genius at this. She wrote a book. I can't recommend it enough. It's called The Art of Asking. There's a TED Talk. You can watch about it on YouTube. It's not you give me money, I take that money and run away. And a lot of people have done that. And a lot of people have not given their money away. Making things worse, before I finish up about Yari, is that Pledge Music, which was a platform I loved and supported with my dollars, and I supported just in general anyone who had a pledge because I was so believed in the platform, they had a really artist-centric spin on crowdfunding where they gave most of the money to the artists that they collected, and they did not take the customary little bit out for themselves, and so they went bankrupt and defrauded a ton of bands and fans who paid money for pre-orders. So crowdfunding for this combination of Pledge as well as other bands. I forgot who's the band who just popped up after years of uh, – being, like they literally did a, a, a crowdfunding campaign and a Kickstarter for an album. They raised $35,000 and they oh, never Carilia. delivered the album. Corellia, who just popped back up. By the way, fuck them for having a name from Star Wars right off the bat. <laughs> Besmirching one of my favorite planets in Star Wars, Corellia, where Han Solo is from and the Millennium Falcon came from. And um, fuck that. And uh, they took the money and disappeared. And people were fucking furious at them and now just like just this week for a little bit of threatened style drama they popped back up and said oh that was a guy claiming to be us who did the crowdfunding took the money and ran away and we don't have control of the social media and we didn't have control of the band it was this guy not even like an ex-member robbed us it was like some guy so it's a no. very weak yeah Weak excuses and fans have a right to be angry. It reignited all their angry fans all over again. So they're never coming back. We're still working on music and we're going to put it out someday, we promise. Yo, it's five years later. You're dicks. 
You're yeah. just dicks. You am dicks in the words of Metalocalypse. You took money and ran away. So I right. understand why it's people are slow to believe in it. People don't want to support bands who do it. And some big bands have used crowdfunding correctly like a pre-order, not Patreon, but like a, a not a GoFundMe, but a Kickstarter. Fame, you know, Judas Priest did this. For they did like a uh, an entire special line of merch for Firepower in 2018, and it was huge. It sold out, and the fans all got their merch, and nobody got cheated. But other bands did this, and they were completely ruined by this. Um, and, and but so let's finish the Yari story. Yeah, so I'm going to bring it back to Yari. Yari mistakenly doesn't understand how crowdfunding works. And what Yari wanted to do is he wanted the fans to donate to him. He, he, he gave a story that, you know, seems, look, I'm a working musician. I, I don't have money to pay for studio time. The record label doesn't pay for this or they want to lend it to me for me to owe them. I don't want to owe them. I want to build my own studio so I can make music all the time without interference. Please donate to my crowdfunding campaign. It's not quite how crowdfunding works, but a lot of people gave him a ton of money. And there was a backlash from fans and the industry and fellow bands. So and, like, and, a few, and a few points about this that I want to point out. Yeah, jump in. One, it, there was – so normally what we suggest with crowdfunding is to have multiple tiers, right? Like you have the high five tier, which is like a dollar, and then you have like the you get all the merch and flown to our show tier, Right. Um, and, and that's cool. Like I like having multiple tiers. I think that's important. Different levels of fan want different things, right? Cool. Yari had one level, which was you get the album digitally and you get, and I always remember this, you get a digital album booklet and it was $50. So not only do you not get the record, the, you know, so not only do you not get the physical record, but you're also... But like they kept talking about the digital booklet and how much, how cool the digital booklet would be. And Ailstorm ended up putting out a video making fun of them for this because it's like, motherfuckers, no one wants a digital booklet. <laughs> but anyway, so they raised half a million dollars and then like the plans for the sauna, for the studio come out and part of this, part of what he wanted in the studio was a sauna. Yeah, um, ridiculous. Well, now in his defense, this is important. In Finland, most buildings have saunas. Like, I think of, like, the 5 billion buildings in Finland, like, 2 million have saunas or something crazy. I like just, yeah, but, like, you don't, you see how that looks to the rest of the yeah, world. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, so he, I agree. He, I, I respect that he wanted to build, listen, he's a working musician. This is what he's comfortable with. He wanted a, a thing, you know, listen, you spend, like, 18 hours in a place making music, a sauna seems like a good idea. Uh, you know, I want a whirlpool bathtub. I can't have one in my apartment in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm not going to try to crowdfund for it. That's part of the problem. And I love that Ailstorm, a lot of people made fun, not just made fun of him, were angry at him. Fans swore off the band as a result of this. this you know, people had a really, I can't express enough how much people had a really deep connection to this music. Yeah. Um, it crossed a lot. And even though you said symphonic folk music and this epic scale, it does cut across a lot of genre lines for fans. So I know fans of extreme black metal that like this guy. And I know fans of like Norse Viking bands that like this guy. And I know fans of just straight up 
never heard this kind of music before and suddenly fell in love with the whole genre because of this guy. So like, we're not trying to disparage Yari or his music. We're just saying that he got the idea wrong on several levels about what to do, how to go about this. So he had, he didn't really offer anything else except, you know, very meager rewards for all this money. It looked like he was lavishing the studio on himself when he probably just needed the basics of a studio, other bands that were like, yo, I can make a studio with a hundred thousand, with 20,000, with 10,000. Yeah, and, that, and that's also part of it is it, it's kind of like the whole presentation is like, oh, our music is just too complex. And it's like, well, there's a lot of people doing complex music on home rigs, bro. You know, like there was a lot more ways to do it than the way he presented it, which I think is the key. And I think that's the key with Patreon in general is like, if you are coming to people asking them for money, you had best make sure that your presentation of that need is very clear. You know, I think it's really that simple. Um, you know, and you, and when you explain it, you don't come off as a dick or needy. You just come off as like an honest person trying to make a transaction. And because what ends up happening is he raises half a million dollars and doesn't build the studio at all, you know, um, he has now come back in the last week and been like, hey, we would like, we're starting a Patreon, hook us up. And it's just like, what about that $500,000 we gave you? And he had a whole story about taxes or whatever, but like, motherfucker, you raised $500,000. Like, come on. Right. Um, not you only know, that, not only that, that's, that's bad enough right there. So he already did it wrong the first time, drew the ire of a lot of people in the industry, other bands, fans felt betrayed. He came, and again, a lot of bands are, have a handout right now. They're like, look, I cannot survive. You're going to see a lot of bands breaking up. Yeah, You're going to see a lot of bands. Obscura just fired their whole band, and I don't know all the details because Stefan does this like every five, five years. He fires everybody. Uh, Nervosa just lost their two core members beside the founder. So like you're going to see a lot of bands break up now because like this is untenable. If you can't go out and make money, the band is over for a lot of people. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm worried about not being homeless. I can't think about this band that is my side hustle. So – professional bands on labels are going to go out of existence. So that's number one. Then on top of everything else, they had insult to injury fans who brought up their past feelings about the other crowdfunding campaign. Yari was incensed about the, the notion that they should be angry still. And then he said, I collected the money and I can do whatever I want with it. And no one can tell me what to do with the money. I needed that money to live. I'm paraphrasing, but I needed that money to live. I can do whatever I want with it once the money's in my hands. Why would anyone ever give you a cent ever again? Was it Kronos? I don't know what it is in Finland. Uh, uh, you know, Euros. No one's going to give this guy, you know, people are still giving him money, by the way, but like, some people are never going to give you another penny. But, but, it, but the, the, current, the current crowdfunding is doing much worse than the previous one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, duh. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And again, that's not to say that he doesn't deserve – I want more music from him, selfishly. He put out another record that was not time to, which he also promised it would be time to. And as I wrote a whole different thing. I don't know. So it seems like – listen, he's a brilliant genius musically. I think he doesn't understand somebody in his camp, Nuclear Blast, help us out here. Talk to your boy. Get him to understand there's a way to go about this. 
You have to offer the fans something they can't get anywhere else, access to you, videos from you, special merch they can't get anywhere else. Give them something for the money, and they'll be glad to give you the money hand over fist because he's a beloved creator of music. But his attitude horribly sucks. Horribly sucks. And Debbie, on the other hand, who is might go broke and, and has to feed his family, doesn't make a lot of money, just raised double his annual salary to give the money away. Now, he also is trying to raise some money for himself, and he more than surpassed that goal because he did it the right way. And when his new record comes out, which is the deluxe version of the last record in June, you can bet that his diehard fans who feel the full trust of this guy that they love and has looked out for them as fans, they're going to buy that thing. That's going to keep him alive until this virus is over and he can go back out on tour again. Yeah. And, and that's what his headline tour. To. Yeah. His headline tour was interrupted as it was. He barely got to tour behind empath because he really didn't even tour on it much last year. He did like a solo unplugged tour first. So, and the thing to remember is that like those first couple tours on a tour cycle are mainly to pay off all the expenses, right? Like, that's just how it is. So, point being, be like Devin Townsend. Be grateful to your fans. Give them a lot, you know, and and give them stuff that they're going to genuinely care about. Don't be like Yari where you're getting mad at people because you gave them a shitty product. Or not even a shitty product, because the Forest Seasons album he put out when he did the first round of crowdfunding was good, but it wasn't like, you know, like it was digital booklets. Nobody needs a digital booklet, you know? You, you definitely can't say the money is mine and I can do what I want with it. That yeah. is the antithesis of crowdfunding and it gives crowdfunding in general a bad name. And just like you said at the top, Patreon has to, first of all, you have to have the right kind of audience. You have to groom your audience to be receptive to that kind of relationship with you. A lot of people overset, over kind of sort of uh, overstate how much their fans really support them and love them. You have to be the kind of artist that can do it. And honestly, you have to have a mindset more like Devin than Yari to pull it off. And, um, you know, again, I think crowdfunding for the right band under the right circumstances, and this goes for entrepreneurs also, will work, but it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And that's fine too. That's what I want to point out is that's fine too. You know, um, you will find a way to succeed if you spend time researching and engage with your community to see what works, you know, and those are the two biggest pieces of advice I can give you, you know, and, and there's so many bands who don't do the research and then end up making fools of themselves, you know, but I, I feel like there's other bands. There's a band I work with. I don't want to name them to, I don't want to embarrass them, but they wanted to do a Kickstarter. They felt like they had, or sorry, a Patreon. They felt like they had done a, a successful Kickstarter previously. They felt like, okay, I think our fans want this. But then instead of launching it and then just looking like dope, so they asked the like 20 biggest people who they figured would be like all in. And most of those people were like, no, thank you. We would like to just keep supporting you with Kickstarters. And that's okay. And now they know and they don't care. They're like, cool, word, okay, next thing. You know what I mean? And that's really important. And I think people need to realize that. It's like, Patreon doesn't need to be your personal messiah. 
it can you know, it'll work for some people. It might not work for you. That's okay. You will find other routes. You know what I mean? Um, well done. Yeah. I think, I think it's not for everybody. You have to, I think research, this is a thing we probably don't spend enough time talking about. I think a lot of bands don't really research themselves enough to understand whether it's going to work or not. Poll your fans, do a survey, ask your fans how they feel. Ask them, you know, without making it dire, hey, if we were to do a crowdfunding campaign for our next thing and give you value for whatever you pay for, how would you feel about that? Ask them first. All they can say is no. Like you can't hang your whole future on this. Now I understand that right at this moment, and like you said, 30,000 Patreon accounts were open that first couple of weeks as is with everything else. But like, it's not going to work out for everybody. Yeah. Point being, this has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet?